Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. This morning, uh, we have three young ladies that will be baptized. And I thank the Lord that even as we are baptized, we are making a public confession of our love to the Lord. In John 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so one of the commandments, as I mentioned earlier, is that we should go out to all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things we've commanded. So one of the things is being baptized uh, according to the command of the Lord. And this has been taking place now for 2,000 years as people gave their life to Jesus. So it was not just knowing about Jesus. A lot of people knew about Jesus when he was here on this earth. But it's about recognizing him, just like the, the man that was hanging on the cross recognized Jesus as being not just a man, but as being the Son of God that had a kingdom. And even as he professed his, he, and confessed that he was a sinner, and he made a statement, and it was more to the other guy that was on the other side of Jesus who was mocking Jesus, and they were talking about being saved. And the man says, if you are the Son of God, why don't you save yourself, and while you're at it, save us? And he was mocking. Yeah, right. You're the Son of God? you got to be kidding me. The other man made two statements of confession. One of them, he said to this man that was mocking Jesus, we deserve to be up here. We deserve to be crucified. We deserve death. He knew that he was dying that day. All three of them knew they would be dying that day. And even as that confession was made by that man, he followed it with another statement, and he said, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. And there is an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Lord. And there is an acknowledgement because the conversation was about being saved, Jesus stated to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Didn't say it to the other man, but he said it to this man that confessed his sin, confessed and placed a faith in Jesus Christ as the one that could save him and as the son of God. And there was a, an accepting of Jesus for who he was in his life. One day, I'm going to see that man. We don't know his name. But those, as we come into the presence of God and as we come to be with the Lord, we will be able to meet this man that hung on the cross and possibly say, you know what? When I said that we deserve to be up here, I meant it. This is what I had done. Who knows? Maybe he was, uh, he had killed somebody or people. Who knows? But he deserved, he knew that he deserved to die. A public confession of your faith. This morning, 
those that are getting baptized are making a, a, a confession. Yes, I am a sinner. Yes, Jesus took care of all my sins and died for me. And he rose again the third day. And thirdly, they have asked Jesus to be a part of their lives, to come into their life. Praise God. And with it, they have life on this side of heaven and life eternal. Praise God. I was texting with one of the, well, with all three of the, these young ladies uh, yesterday just to remind them and about the decision they had made, that it was a good decision, a decision of, of obedience and a decision indicating their love for the Lord and his sacrifice for them. And I had one of them say, I'm very excited about tomorrow. I'm so ready to see what God has in store for me. I am so ready to see what God has in store for me. I want to say this morning, and this is not just for those getting baptized, but for each and every person here, that the will that, of God that is particular to you, specific to you, is good. It is acceptable and it is perfect. In Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, this contract, this covenant that he made, it, was, it cost him his life, and it cost him even a broken body and a shed blood. The blood flowed from him for, for hours and hours, the blood of Jesus Christ flowed from his body. He got weaker and weaker to the point, even as he was crucified at 9 a.m., at 3 p.m., he was dead, six hours that he suffered. And even all the suffering, the torture that took place beforehand, and the blood flowed, an everlasting, to allow for an everlasting, an eternal covenant, promise from God, and he's saying, and he, as, he, as the work continues here, verse 21, to make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this, this morning? He is worthy of all glory and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let it be. So today... Regarding this, an answer, I want to answer this thing of I'm looking forward to what he has in store for me. What does he have in store for, for you and for, for those getting baptized and for all of those of you here? And I want to, I want to share just 10 things qu quickly that are guaranteed in your future. You say, Pastor, how can I know? How can I know your future? I just have to go to the Word of God as a follower and believer of Jesus Christ. And this is what the Word of God states. So, I'm going to go through some very quickly, all right? For your future and eternity, 
one thing, and I, this list could be much longer, but I, I narrowed it down to, to 10 things, and I'll give you one extra for free, all right? First of all, that all things would work out for good. This is what the Word of God says. And we know, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Lord, let me love you with all my heart and let me be called according to your purpose. Let me submit to your will. Not my will, your will be done in my life. And it says here that all things work together for good. That's good. That's really good. So I'm not saying that there might not be difficulties. I'm not saying there's not going to be storms. I'm not saying that you may not have temptation. I'm not saying that there might not be hard times. But it says that all things will work together for our good because that is what the Lord has said by his word. Number one. Number two, as you look at yourself, you might find it's like, oh, my goodness. Man, do I need to change some things about me. And I know uh, I need to change some things about me. But I just want you to know what it says here. It says here, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The work that began the moment you gave your life to the Lord. And so many of you can verify this this morning. You recognize there has been a change in your life as you gave your life to the Lord. And it is a work that is beyond you. It's beyond me. Because you have surrendered yourself to the Lord. And you're, he is doing a work automatically on you. So the things that you recognize that need to change, Lord, I thank you that you will change them. You will change them. And that we would become more and more like Jesus Christ in, in his character, like he was. One of the passages, this really hit me about 10 years ago. There was a pastor. We were together as pastors. And um, I had read this verse many times. But for whatever reason, it struck me on that particular day. And he said, you know what? My heart and desire is definitely to be like Jesus. And there's a passage in John 1 verse 14. It says, and it's John saying, we beheld Jesus in the flesh. We beheld him in the flesh. We were with him. Basically, we were with him for three and a half years. Almost 24-7, we were with Jesus. And we beheld him full of grace and truth. And I want you to know this morning that Christ is working on you by his spirit that we would be more and more like Jesus, full of grace and truth. Amen? Amen. Let it be. Not only is Christ working on us and will work on you, but Christ will work through you. The Lord Jesus desires to work through you. One of the last things he said to his disciples before he left this planet, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It's so important to believe. 
And, this, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Our brother was talking about having authority over demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, so no fear. They will speak with new tongues as a, an indication of the Holy Spirit, the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. They will take up serpents, which is, yeah, hey, I'm afraid of serpents, but the Lord says, I'm, I'm going to allow you in my name, as you believe in what I've done for you on the cross, in my name, you will have no fear. And if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. So anything that may come against us or be put into our bodies, I don't think anybody really willingly, knowingly chooses to drink anything poison or take anything in that is deadly. But if we believe, even if that happens, and it says it will by no means hurt you. There's a protection over you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover as we believe and in Jesus' name they will recover. The Lord wants to do some amazing things through you to impact other people's lives that it would be done. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and, and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So they went out. They preached the good news of Jesus Christ. And these signs were, were, went with them and were with them as they applied them confirming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So Christ will work through you in beautiful ways. I look forward to it. To those that are getting baptized this morning and to anyone else, I look forward to the things that the Lord desires to do through you. So many of you are already doing some amazing things. And I just say thank you, Lord, for what you are doing through my brothers and sisters in the Lord here and around the globe. Fourthly, his will for you being done now. And I, as I mentioned earlier, God has a specific will or plan that is for your life and your life alone. So the plan that he has for me is different than the plan that he has for you. Whether you believe that or not, it is true. Colossians 1, 21 to 23 talks about how that can happen and take place. And it describes how we are apart from God, we're apart from God, and we're, we're, where we were at. It says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, he has made right. In the body, how? In the body of his flesh through death. That is the only way that we can be reconciled to God and have our sins, our wicked works, and, and things taken care of through the body of his flesh through death. To present you, listen, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So you will, you will be presented to the Lord and come before the Lord, you are before the Lord, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In the next verse, listen carefully. If 
indeed, you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. In what faith? Jesus Christ and this body of his flesh that was broken for us. If your faith remains in Jesus and his sacrifice for you, you will continue in a place of being presented holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. So, not only do you continue in the faith, grounded in steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, that good news which you heard, Jesus taking care of everything, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. In fact, Paul lived 2,000 years ago, and today we are, it just continued on 2,000 years. There was not a break in the gospel being shared. And over the, the centuries, people have come to know Jesus and have been baptized, the will of God being done in their lives. So we have to be, keep our faith in the right place. And we need to surrender ourselves. If we want the will of God to be done in our lives, let Jesus be Lord in your life and just give yourself completely over to him, a living sacrifice. This is what it says in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So we present our bodies a living sacrifice. Here, Lord, here I am. I'm a living sacrifice. Have your way with me, which is holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The least that we can do is give ourselves over to him because he gave himself totally for us. And it says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't go by the things of this world. I'll tell you, this world is pretty messed up. It is pretty dark out there. It is, this, I have no problem believing that with what is going on in Canada, that God would not judge our country. The things that are happening in Canada are of wickedness. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed by the things that are going on even here in Canada. But be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind, that your mind would be filled with the things of God, that your mind would choose to say, I, my faith is in Jesus Christ. And let that be in your mind daily, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise God. Lord, I give my life a living sacrifice to you. Have your way in me. Thirdly, regarding your will being done. You might say, how am I going to do this all by myself in my own strength? Listen to what it says in Ephesians 3, verse 16. It talks about the fact that you will not be alone in your walk forward, moving forward from even this day. And I just want to say this this morning. Even as I'm speaking these things, you say, does God have a, a specific will for my life? Yes, he does. And as you get things right with the Lord, today, as you place your faith in Jesus Christ, there can be a work done of salvation in your life to be saved. Listen to what God wants to do, and God does. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner, inner man. So the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen your inner man 
that Christ may, may dwell in your hearts through faith, already talked about that, that you being rooted and grounded in love, so it's like think of yourself as a plant with roots going down into a thing of love, a soil just full of love, and there's just, you're taking in the love of Christ in your life, and the Holy Spirit is strengthening you. So as you are rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of what? Of knowing. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge beyond our comprehensions that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To be full of the presence and the power of God. And it goes on to say, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What are you asking or thinking? He says, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think by the power that is within our heart, within us, the power that works in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Just quickly... As I continue on here, not only will, your, will your, his will for you be done in your life, but it says that there is a day coming that you will be caught up to be with the Lord. And that day, I don't know if it's going to be today. I don't know if it's going to be in the next week or in the next month or in the next year. But I do know that this is going to happen. I do know that it is going to happen Unless the Lord takes me home early, it's going to happen within my lifetime. We already see the signs of his near return. We need to be ready and to be caught up with him. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those that have already passed away, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. I don't want you to have no hope. I want you to have hope. For if we believe, listen, if we believe that Jesus died... And rose again. Even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Christ. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. That we who are alive and remain. Until the coming of the Lord. At the coming of the Lord. If you're still alive here on this planet. And you are here. The coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. With a shout. With the voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. You might say, I, I thought when you die, you go to heaven as a believer. And that is the case. Our body, it goes to the ground. Our spirit and soul goes immediately to be with the Lord. But there's a day coming when that spirit, our body, or our soul and our spirit, of those that have passed on, will have a new body. And it says those, that body that has been put to the grave will join with the spirit and soul, and they will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And we will, they'll be caught up first in a split moment later. We will be caught up to be with the Lord following them. Just amazing. This thing has not happened yet. Will happen, truly, I believe, in my lifetime. Could happen today that we would be ready. It says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Following that, there are seven years in heaven with the Lord. I don't want to get into the details of it. Read through Daniel, especially Daniel chapter 9. Specifically, was prophesied to Daniel 
about 570 BC, 570 years before Christ, talking about what would happen, and especially what would happen in the last, during a, a period of seven years. And so he talks about 490 years happening. 483 of those years have already come to pass. There's just one week, if you would, of years, seven years left that has not taken place regarding Israel. Anyways, it says what will happen or where we will be. One of the things that will happen during those seven years for those that go up to be with the Lord, it says, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, that multitude this is being prophesied before it happens. I will be there. You will be there as you place your faith, as you keep your faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we will say hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And so there's going to be a praise going up Yesterday, there was a wedding here. There was a rejoicing here over the, over the fact that a man and a woman were getting married. And there was a rejoicing as the family and friends gathered together and they celebrated. There is going to be a celebration that takes place. Weddings are an exciting time. And there's going to be a marriage of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Praise God as his wife has made herself ready. Praise the Lord. We will be there at that time. After the end of that seven years, this, is, this could happen. If the Lord comes back today, seven years in heaven, and then coming back with Jesus. Let's look at what it says in Revelations 19.11. It says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. John 1, verse 1, and John 1, verse 14. And his name is called the Word of God. It is, it is Jesus Christ that is this one that is on this white horse. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. We're not talking about the angelic host. We are talking about human beings, the saints, those that are followers of Jesus Christ and believers. We will be in that army riding on these horses, following him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There is a battle coming. We will be here. We won't be here during that seven years, but we will be there for the battle, an amazing battle the wickedness that will be on this planet, if you think it's bad now, that seven years when the saints are in heaven, the things that are going on here on earth, read it. 
Revelations chapter 9, through all the way through 19, read it, because it is specific about what will happen during those seven years. You don't want to be here. And for those that are followers and believers of Jesus Christ, there will be a glorious return to this earth after the seven years. We will have, we will be immortal. Think about it. I can feel myself getting older. But to be immortal, to go from mortality, dying or being able to die, to being immortal, to live forever. For a thousand years, it says, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. That catching up to be with the Lord is the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. The second death being to be a part, not to die physically the first time or whatever, but to be apart from God for all eternity is the second death. If you're raised up in this first resurrection, the second death will have no power over you. You are in the right place beforehand. And we shall be priests of God in Christ, and we shall reign with him a thousand years. Literally, a thousand years. It's not figurative. It will be 1,000 years. God doesn't just say, well, I'll... He speaks the truth. And what is transpiring even now has been prophesied. Read it in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke chapter 21 and Mark 13. is talking about what's going on right now in our world. We're living in the last days. I cannot wait for the Lord to return. <laughs> After that thousand years... It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was, a, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelations 3 verse 5 says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. In other words, your name. As we give our, uh, our lives over to Jesus Christ, our name is written in the book of life. And I just want to say today, Angela, your name is in the book of life. Brooke, your name is in the book of life. Donna, your name is in the book of life. That it would, and I pray to God this morning for all of you that are here that your name is in the book of life, that it would not be blotted out, but that it would remain in the book of life as you keep your faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified and follow him. Praise God. After that thousand so, we know this judgment will take place in a thousand and seven years from today if the Lord came back today. In a thousand and seven years, according to his word. But after that, and this is the thing, the eternity of, that is ahead for you as you place your faith in Jesus, it's just, it's just beginning. It will be for eternity. It says in Revelations 21, Now I saw a new heaven... And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. 
Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This city talks about the city in, in Revelation. It's 1,500 miles in one direction, 1,500 miles in another direction, and 1,500 miles high is the dimensions of this city. Gives the dimensions of the city. Amazing, beautiful city. And there are 12 gates, three gates on either side of this big city. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I thought, I've thought about this. When would be the last time that I would cry? I thought there would be no tears in heaven. I believe that the last time that we may cry will be right after the judgment, the white throne judgment. I'll tell you right now, if I had my wife or any one of my children did not know the Lord and their name was not found written in the book of life and I knew that there would be a, a separation for eternity, I would cry. I would cry. I would want for my spouse, I would want for my children, for their, their spouses, I would want for them to be with the Lord for eternity. And today, I would say to you, that you would give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. In fact, the last thing, this, well, let me just continue to read here. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. They will happen. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. If you want life today, you can have it. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly... The unbelieving, I don't believe. The abominable, just doing your own thing. Murderers, sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Just one of these things. To be an unbeliever, Say, I don't accept what Jesus did for me on the cross. Puts us to an eternity apart from God. While you have breath, all of you are this morning, I know you're alive, you're here, you're alive. You have breath. You have opportunity to give your life to Jesus. You have opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Because we've all sinned. You might say, yeah, I've sinned. So have I. I've sinned too. And I just want you to know that as we come before the Lord, he is faithful to forgive us of all our sins as we would say, Lord, I am a sinner. And so this morning, I want to just ask, is there anybody here that you want to give your life to Jesus? And I know many of you, most of you have already. But if there's anybody here, just quickly put up your hand and put it down again. I just want to, I want to give you an opportunity we're going to pray together. You're going to say, Pastor, what am I going to do? What we're going to do is we're going to pray.
according to the word of God. We're going to confess our sin. We're going to, so we will pray. I will help you in a prayer. Just say, Lord, I am a sinner. I confess I'm a sinner. But I believe in you for my, for my salvation. You died for me. I believe that. You were buried and you rose again. Come into my life. So that's all. Is there anybody here you want to give your life to Jesus? Just quickly raise your hand. I can't see all that well up on the top. Anybody? Is there anybody on the main floor? Okay. So, everyone here, if you don't know the Lord, you can give your life to the Lord. You don't have to do it here, but I would beg of you to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and make a statement of, of or a confession of faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross and, that, and welcome into your life and begin to follow him. Begin to follow him. Praise the Lord. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.